What's going on, world? What's going on? We are back with the APE podcast, the Ape Academy podcast, episode five, episode five. Today, we're talking about the castle doctrine, what it is and what it isn't. As armed citizens, we need to understand the law. We need to have an appreciation for the law. We need to know our rights so no one can take them away, okay? We have a right to defend ourselves. We have a right to use deadly force if we feel like our life is in danger or the life of our friends or family. But we have to remember that being armed is a responsibility, guys. It's a responsibility, okay? And we need to take in consideration that we are still responsible citizens, okay? We have to respect life and treat life with the utmost concern, okay? So today... Sit back, relax, and enjoy episode five. It's going to be very educational. I think it might be a tad longer than normal just because we want to make sure we cover all the bases. But I am very excited to present to you the Castle Doctrine, what it is and what it isn't. God bless you. Ape. doctrine it's important self-defense based doctrine common law doctrine okay it's important for all armed citizens to understand and to appreciate let's let the beat fade out these beats are from my friend my childhood friend organic dope he's a great producer out of philly i appreciate him love you brother thank you for the beats man ape All right, guys. All right. All right. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Women Crush Wednesday. I just want to give a shout out to my beautiful wife, Michelle. Thank you so much for allowing me to <laughs> sit here in my beat studio. Like, you guys ever seen Step Brothers? We talk about his beat studio. This is my beat studio. Thank you, Michelle, for allowing me to, you know, take a few hours out of uh, family time to record my podcast. This is my passion. I love educating folks. I love spreading knowledge, baby, especially about the Second Amendment, okay? All right, all right. First things first, housekeeping. I want to thank our sponsor, Bravo Concealment Holsters in the USCCA, all right? So we got two sponsors, Bravo Concealment Holsters. They provide the best top-of-the-line uh, EDC everyday carry gear tactical gear right we got inside the waistband holsters outside the waistband holsters tactical magazine pouches inside and outside the waistband all right tactical belts check them out bravo concealment holsters they're on instagram they're on facebook they have a website baby use the code ape10 ape10 to get 10 percent off at checkout last but not least today we have uscca the united states concealed carry association Thank you so much for being an official partner of APE. 
All right, it's the best concealed carry, gun rights, Second Amendment rights, armed citizen rights organization in the United States. The NRA is old news, guys. USCCA, the new kids on the block, are taking over. I will provide a link to USCCA website and also a way to sign up for their services, okay? So check them out. They're a great company, all right? They're a great company. So, so, all right. Now that that's out of the way, <laughs> okay. you got to shout out your sponsors, man. I'm, I'm learning all this stuff. Like, I'm taking my cues from, like, uh, the Breakfast Club and all those guys, the podcasts that I listen to, you know, trying to format it off of that, trying to learn, you know, from the people I look up to. So I got to shout out the sponsors first, guys. All right, all right. So, episode five, the Castle Doctrine. The Castle Doctrine. What is it and what it is? is it dun, dun, dun. all right so i don't know if you guys have heard of the castle doctrine i know well i don't know but i'm assuming a lot of you guys have heard of stand your ground laws okay you know you, know, you don't have a, a a duty to retreat if you're in a somewhere that you're legally allowed to be in right that's not the same thing as a castle doctrine although some people do kind of confuse them and they are related all right so that's important to understand so what is the castle doctrine part one what is the castle doctrine okay so the castle doctrine is a common law theory okay and it's, it's been around for a really really long time it's been around for hundreds of years all right at least a hundred years all right so this is what it's based on right it's based on the idea that a man's home is his castle okay so you know back in the medieval times the castle was the center of the community right so you would go from settlement to settlement. Pretty much medieval Europe was made up of a bunch of countries, of big countries, but within those big countries, there were a bunch of small little hamlets, little towns, little villages. In the center of those villages was the castle, the lord, right? The lord, the baron, the nobility that ran that section of the country, okay? So the castle was the main area. You, know, you could find you know, your, your market there. The soldiers trained out of there. They deployed out of there. Uh, you, had, you had a lot of goods and services, right? And if you need to, you would run to the castle for protection. If your enemies invaded your freaking territory, your, your country, all the peasants, right? All the regular folks, <laughs> all the regular Jews and Smoos would run to the castle to try to uh, get shelter behind the castle walls, all right? So that's what the castle doctrine is based on, right? It's based on the idea that the castle is the most important part of the community, right? Your home is where you should feel safe. You shouldn't be threatened or feel threatened or feel unsafe in your home, okay? So a person should not be forced to retreat from a place where they should feel safe. So it's not our duty, right, as, as whether it be renters, homeowners, where you live in an apartment, whether you live in a freaking van down by the river, okay? If you use that van as your home, is that where you live? As your habitation? Then you don't have to retreat from it. No one can force us out of our homes or our apartments, okay? They're gonna have to fight for that. And we have a right to defend ourselves and our family and our property, not just our, our lives, our property as well, okay? Now, a lot of this podcast, so in the beginning of the podcast, right, I wanna break it up in some parts, okay? So at first, when I first organized and I wrote the script and the outline to this podcast. I was like, okay, I'm going to do the Castle Doctrine. But then I got so sucked into it. It was so interesting. 
that I was like, oh man, maybe I should also do self-defense. But what I realized was that's way too much. Self-defense will be our next podcast. The theory and the kind of legal concept of self-defense. What is reasonable? What is excessive? You know, when to use deadly force, all that stuff. But for today, we're going to talk about home defense. I've been doing a lot about home defense lately. So that's why I'm, I, I chose to do the Castle Doctrine, okay? All right, makes sense. Stick with me, guys. I promise you I will not bore you. Okay, so what is the Castle Doctrine? What does it express? Well, what it does is it expresses the basic values of justice and fairness, right? So just basic legal concepts. You should be able to protect yourself at your own home without suffering the consequences the consequences of someone else's crimes against you, right? It's not our fault that those dumbasses broke into our home or assaulted us on our property or tried to break into our car, okay? That's their problem, and we can deal with it if we need to, okay? The doctrine, the casual doctrine, is just not one law. So it's not like you look at the law books in Texas, the Texas Penal Code, and it says castle doctrine underneath, underneath right? There's a whole section on the castle doctrine. No, it's incorporated and kind of weaved, woven, <laughs> weaved, woven into kind of the framework of most states' legal system, right? It's kind of, you know, there are certain states that have very specific and defined laws, but other states is more ambiguous, but it's kind of like a spirit of the law, right? It's a, it's a concept that kind of governs a lot of our self-defense uh, laws today, okay? So it's not one single law. It's, it's a concept of self-defense. Individual states can either limit this doctrine or expand it as they see fit. It's up to the state. Texas has some of the best you know laws when it comes to the Second Amendment and uh, the ability of us, of the armed citizen, to defend ourselves. as some of the best laws in the country. Others are a little bit more restrictive. California, D.C., Chicago, those are some restrictive areas that's really hard for gun owners to defend themselves, okay? In many states, some version of this doctrine has been adopted in order to allow the justified use of force against an intruder in the home, workplace, even if you have a way to get away from the situation. And this is referred to as having a duty to retreat. So let me, let, let me break that down a little bit, all right? So most states, even though, right, on the books, you're supposed to, you know, if you can get away from a situation, right? So like say, you know, you walk to your car, um, leaving a restaurant and let's say a homeless person approaches you or starts yelling, uh, slurs at you from across the street and starts approaching you. If you're in the car, you, you can get away. You can drive away and you should drive away. But say you don't, say you get offended or say you're like, oh, I'm afraid he's gonna kill us. And you hop out the whip with the gun, with the Glock, with the glizzy and you start firing at him. That's no good, right? You had a duty to retreat. Like, you had, you could have gotten away, okay? You had plenty of time, plenty of space. You were already in your vehicle with the car running. The casual doctrine allows us to defend ourselves in our home, even if we could get away. So even if, like, say you have a ring camera and you see someone breaking in and you can run out the back door with your kids if you wanted, like, if you need to, right? You're right near the back door. You're watching a movie. At the front door, you see someone breaking in. You could you could retreat. You could run out the back door into the street, into the Walmart parking lot across the street, and call for help. But we don't have to because that's our home. We're not obligated to retreat in our own home, okay? 
that's what that means. So I just want to break down these uh, bullet points I got here, okay? All right. Stand your ground laws are not the same as the castle doctrine-based laws. Stand your ground laws cover people outside of their home or place of employment. So stand your ground laws are completely different. The castle doctrine is your home, your vehicle, or your place of empo- uh, employment. Stand your ground is everywhere else. So if you're like at a restaurant, if you're at a park, if you're at another friend's house, okay, if you're at a football game or a soccer game, wherever, okay? So this is how the Castle Doctrine works in my state, the best state in the union, the Lone Star State, Texas, all right? So what I can't do, right, and we don't have time for, we'll be here till freaking the end of time until the resurrection, all right, trying to talk about every state law, Every, we're going to talk about how it applies in Texas. In Texas, and you know, most states, they have a similar, not similar, but they kind of have a basic understanding of the Castle Doctrine, right? They have a pretty standard version, a pretty, a pretty baseline understanding. So although I'm describing Texas, you can kind of, you can research your own state's local laws, right? And kind of fit them to what Texas is doing, okay? All right, so I live in uh, Houston, Texas. So that's what we're going to go off of, okay? So Texas has created some of the strongest self-defense and defense of property laws in the entire country. So it's not a single law, like I said before. It is, in, is included in several parts of the penal code that govern self-defense and the u- lawful use of force. So in order to understand that a castle doctrine works, we have to. We have to understand the laws for self-defense and the use of force, okay? Because you can't just say, all right, you know, your castle doctrine allows us to do this. Well, well, yeah, it allows for self-defense, but you know, what does the penal code say? What, what, is, what are the details that allows us to kind of use the castle doctrine as a defense, okay? So, to, uh, yeah, the key word to pay attention to uh, duh, 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 duh. The keyword to pay, the keyword to pay attention to is reasonable, reasonable use of force. Uh, use of force. It has to be reasonable. Okay, you can't like do something insane. You know what I mean? Like like a kid is like throwing eggs against your your garage or you know uh, what they what they do with the toilet paper, t ping or something. Your lawn and you come out with a machine gun and spray the whole crowd of kids. Like that's ridiculous. Well, I was defending my property. This is a capsule doctor. No, that's reasonable amount of force, okay? For example, it is never reasonable to use force against someone for words alone, right? So someone insults your mama, says your mama sat on a rainbow and made Skittles. <laughs> it starts cracking up in your face. You cannot shoot them in the face, okay? Texas Penal Code 9.31. Section B, if the force used is reasonable in this situation, then using force is justified. When force is used under the specific circumstances of the castle doctrine, the law presumes that the use of force was reasonable. This presumption makes it much easier to avoid criminal charges. Even if you are charged, it is way easier to prove your actions were justified. So when you use force under kind of the castle doctrine uh, umbrella, then the law automatically assumes that what you did was reasonable because you're in your home, you're in your vehicle. If if it is a valid castle doctrine incident, 
Okay, so what does that mean? So that means under the typical home defense, you know, burglary, robbery, home invasion scenario where you're in fear of your life, right, and you grab your pistol and you shoot someone dead, you're defending yourself under the casual doctrine. Your attorneys, which are really great attorneys that uh, you've hired or that are a public defender, or whatever, if they say, you know what, this is the casual doctrine and the judge agrees, then it assumes that you're reasonable, okay? It automatically assumes that because it falls under the castle doctrine. Does that make sense? But you have to first prove that your actions fall under the castle doctrine. All right? I don't want to confuse anybody, so after, if you have questions or concerns after the podcast, you can uh, message me. Um, this podcast obviously is going to be available on Podbean and most platforms, okay? So what defines reasonable? Let's talk about that. The following, I'm going to do some bullet points right now, so so hear me out. Stick with me, okay? Stick with me. I'll slow it down if I need to, if I feel like I'm mumbling and bumbling. What defines reasonable? The following must be, must be met in some way, okay? Listen up. Someone unlawfully and with reasonable force enters or attempts to enter your habitation, vehicle, or workplace. So when we say reasonable force, someone isn't like knocking on your door, like, like, you know, a bunch of, uh, maybe someone's selling insurance and they're knocking on your door and say they like turn the doorknob just to see, you know, just to turn the door. I don't know. They mess up and they turn the doorknob. That is not reasonable force, uh, trying or, uh, you know, attempting to enter your home. That's just a solicitor knocking on your door. Okay. So you can't use that as an excuse. Oh, this Mormon guy tried to get into my house. No, he was just knocking on your door. You can't shoot him because of that. Okay. Uh, the person attempts to remove you by force from your home, vehicle, or workplace. So someone basically tried to kidnap you. Okay. Someone was committing or attempting to commit aggravated kidnapping, murder, sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault, robbery, or aggravated robbery. So pretty much, if someone is a, is conducting or um, some type of felony. Right, they're, they're they're committing multiple felonies in the act of burglarizing your home, in the act of using reasonable force against you. It's automatic castle doctrine, okay? Automatic. All right, in a home invasion, that's usually aggravated robbery, okay? Aggra you know, robbery, normal robbery or aggravated robbery. Robbery with a, a, a deadly weapon is aggravated robbery, okay? And with force. All right. Let's put some terms in context real quick. Ah, we're doing pretty good on time. We're doing pretty good on time. Okay, okay, okay. Actually, you know what? Let's take a quick break. Let you guys absorb that information. Quick musical break, and I'll return soon. Ape. want to do a quick interlude you know what i've noticed with podcasts it's good to break it up a little break up your voice a little bit so you don't drone on and on and on like charlie brown like uh womp 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 because guess what everything's interesting until it's not <laughs> you know what i mean all right all right all right all right all right enough 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 
Thank you, Organic Dope. Appreciate you, brother. All right, guys. All right, so we're back. We'll be done soon. I promise. I promise. I promise. But I'm having a great time talking to you guys, talking with you guys. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. I love this. This is my passion. I love teaching and researching and sharing knowledge about the Second Amendment. And, you know, quick rant, it's really important for us to know our rights, okay? Like, everyone wants to own a gun. Everyone wants to be cool. Everyone wants to look cool. Everyone wants to have a a glizzy, a glock. Everyone has a really cool AR with the bells and whistles. But no one wants to research the law. (laughs) Guns are not like they don't come from outer space and just land in our hands and we're just able to shoot aliens with laser beams and that's not like that right there's a real world consequences behind using a firearm and it's just important to know it it doesn't mean that you have to be scared to use it it just means that we have to think right reacting at, do not react out of fear okay and i know people say fear for your own life but react out of targeted aggression, violence of action, knowing that you have to defend yourself and your family and use a firearm to do that. Don't use a firearm as a reactionary tool. That's just my two cents, all right? As an instructor, as someone who has worked with guns for a long time, slept literally slept with my gun every night in a combat zone, I know, trust me. Everything has to be reasonable. Everything has to be calm and cool and collective. Use your brain, guys. All right? Okay, we're back. Let's put some terms in context. So, in the context of self-defense, habitation, right? So, home, habitation means any structure or vehicle or vehicle that is adapted for overnight living by a person. But it only includes structures that are connected to the main habitation. For example, a detached garage that is separate that is a separate structure from your house might not be considered your habitation. But if it was attached to the home, it would fall under the habitation label. So say you're doing some work in your two-car garage that's attached to your home, and someone robs you in your garage, you 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 get your you grab your glizzy, you shoot back, you kill them. You can use the castle doctrine. Say your garage is behind your home. Maybe you have a lake and your garage is, is your, your tool shed or whatever is down by the lake off your, on your property. And you're in there doing some work on, with some tools and stuff. Someone comes in and tries to rob you. You grab your glizzy, you shoot them, they die. The, it, that wouldn't fall under the castle doctrine per se because it's detached, but you can still use self-defense. Okay. Make sense? All right. A vehicle. A vehicle is any device, any device by which a person or property can be moved or propelled. This includes, but not limited to, cars, golf carts, ATVs, boats, and airplanes. Pretty much anything with a motor that can move you or move your property is a vehicle. So if you're on a scooter and you're, <laughs> and you're let's just say you're going to get the mail and you're on a little, one of those little scooters those motorized scooters and someone attacks you, you can say that I was, that's a vehicle. That was my vehicle. I was using it to transport me to my mailbox. I was using it to transport me to the dominoes. Okay. Whatever. So you can use that as a castle doctrine possible. Okay. There's some exceptions though. Okay. There's some exceptions. 
This is going to be the last part of our podcast today because I want to leave you guys with this, all right? I gave you guys what the castle doctrine is, right? And this is what it is not. Remember, the title of the po- of this podcast is Episode 5, The Castle Doctrine. What it is and what it is not, okay? So we cannot use this stuff as an excuse, okay? Listen up. There's two major exceptions, all right? So, a person that is seeking protection under the Castle Doctrine law laws cannot have provoked or started the freaking incident. Let me repeat that. The person seeking protection under the laws cannot, cannot have provoked or started the incident. So, you're out with your boys. Example, real life example. You're out with a group of friends at a bachelor party. One of your friends is drunk and acting obnoxious. He decides to hit on a huge guy, football player, which is a dumb idea. It just actually happened. Girlfriend. Right? Bad idea. The football player is big and strong. He scares the kid. That started it. The kid started it. He was a, he was a he was a disrespectful. He was a vulgar. He got in the guy's face, so he started the incident. The other people were minding their business. The big guy then decides to punch the little guy, the stupid drunk guy. The drunk guy gets punched. Run to his run runs to his car. Grabs a knife. Grabs a gun. Grabs a bat. Whatever, and then uh, proceeds to attack the bigger guy. Okay. Now, this part didn't happen. That was, that was a vicious scenario, but the first part did, though. So th- this attack is not covered under the castle doctrine, right? Say say, uh, it's at a house party. Okay, say the drunk guy lives there, and the football players are guests. Okay, he can't use the castle doctrine saying, well, I was in my home. I was in my home during my house party, and this big, strong football player attacked me. No. Based on witness testimony, witness statements, he was the one who, the homeowner, provoked it. So the Castle Doctrine does not apply to him. Okay? I know that was long and drawn out, but that's the basic uh, idea behind that. Okay? Provoking the incident, the person who provokes the incident is also known as the aggressor. And that's not permitted. So you can never be the aggressor. Okay? That's why I always tell folks, when in doubt, if you can, get out of there. Walk away, run away. Get in your car, drive away, just get out of there. Because guess what? The law can get real murky. People remember what they want to remember. They forget what they want to forget. People were drunk. They didn't see the right thing. They didn't hear the right thing. So you do not want to leave it to chance. Unless you cannot escape, try to escape. All right? Unless you have your elderly parent with you, your wife with you, your kids, and you just can't run away, you can't get away, get away, okay? All right. So... Also, the person claiming protection under the Castle Doctrine cannot be engaged in any criminal activity at the time the incident takes place. Okay? That will not be entitled to a Castle Doctrine defense. But they may be able to claim self-defense and lessen their punishment depending on the circumstances. Okay, so... (laughs) The guy was drunk. He was driving drunk, driving around the city. All right, he slams into a person at a red light. I'm making this up, but this is an example. 
Drunk driver, you drunk, you go to a bar, you have too much to drink, you hop in your whip intoxicated, well over the legal limit. You're swerving around driving, you're almost home, you're a few blocks from home, you get lazy. You're listening to music, you don't pay attention to the red light, you slam to the back of a big pickup truck, all right? A guy hops out, angry, big old guy hops out. You get scared. He says, he starts saying, you know, what are you doing, man? You're crazy. You hit me. You could have killed me. My son was in the car with you. You don't know what to do. You're scared for your life. You pull out a gun and you shoot the person. That's not the castle doctrine. Although you're in your vehicle, you were committing a crime while this happened. You were drunk. You were intoxicated behind the wheel. That is not the castle doctrine. Although you might be able to say, well, I was scared and he was banging on my window and smashed my window with his bat. I was scared for my life. I am now claiming self-defense. That's different than the castle doctrine. Remember, the castle doctrine, if you fall under that, you're assumed innocent. You're automatic, You're pretty much automatically innocent. Okay? Self-defense is different than the castle doctrine. Okay? So instead of being, you know, thrown, you know, for murder, you might just get intoxicated manslaughter. You might just get manslaughter. You might just get a DUI because the guy did assault you and he did freaking uh, smash your window and break your property. Although you were in the wrong for hitting them, for hitting him while intoxicated. Okay. You can only use the amount of force that a reasonable person would deem necessary to end a threat. This will depend on the situation. Okay. So. If someone is breaking into your car, right, say some teenage kid, some punk, you catch them on your ring doc, your ring doc, <laughs> your ring camera, and you run out there with your, with your gun, your bat, whatever, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. You're like, stay here. And you, you detain them, right? And he's, you know, you're like, don't move, I'm calling the police. And he's like, okay, okay, I'm fine, I, I won't move, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. And then you decide to beat them with the bat or shoot them dead after the threat's over. That's not reasonable force. You already use reasonable force. You brandished the firearm. You brandished the knife. You brandished the machete. You got him to, for you, you stopped the crime, right? That's reasonable force. Anything beyond that, chopping him in the arm, shooting him after the threat is kind of over, okay? That is not reasonable use of force, okay? Even pistol whipping him, even punching him, even hitting him with the bat initially is reasonable force. But once he stops, once he's done, once his fight, the fight is out of him, continuing to shoot, continuing to beat him, it's not going to fly, all right, as far as the castle doctrine goes, okay? Makes sense? Do not ever assume, ever, 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 never, ever assume that you're, just assume that your action will be justified, all right, so... What does this mean? For me, remember I, t I talked in the, in the beginning, guys, about knowing the law, and as Second Amendment advocates and as armed citizens, we need to take extra precautions, extra extra knowledge. We need to have extra knowledge of the law. It's because we can't just grab our AR when some kids go on our property and they're just you know they're just playing around, trick or treating, and being stupid kids, TPing our yard, and just take our AR and be like, I'm going to be justified. I'm going to shoot these stupid kids. I'm tired of them. I hate I hate their dad anyway. They always bother me. They always throw rocks at my cat. <laughs> you know, you can't just grab your AR and say, I'm going to be justified. I'm not worried about it. I'm a, uh, this is the castle doctrine. This is my home. Do not do that. You will spend your life in jail if you do that. Okay. Never assume anything. When in doubt, 
do not use deadly force, okay? If you have a doubt, if there's any aching little tug in your gut that, you know, Chase, Bob, Susan, this might not be right. Think about it. Slow down. Listen to that voice. Okay, because it's not worth it, especially if there's not it's not a deadly threat to you. If it's just someone just like rummaging through your car or like looking around your backyard, just scare them off. All right. And if you can't scare them off, do what you got to do. But first, try to resolve the situation without deadly force. Remember, I think I had a video about uh, escalation of force, positive identification and escalation of force. Remember, there's a use of force scale, at least in the military there is. Even infantry grunts, even goons, even knuckle draggers and shooters have a scale of reasonable force. We don't just kick a door and shoot everyone in the room. We could, all right? It, it would make sense, right? We're in a combat zone. It's Iraq. It's Afghanistan. We know the enemies in this village. We know there's a bunch of uh, military-age males in this home, right? I mean, basically, everyone in that room could be an enemy combatant. But we just can't do that. We have to have a force scale a scale of reasonable force okay because it might be a woman it might be an elderly person it might be someone's nephew who's 18 who's just a local worker we can't just start blasting right like the Danny DeVito meme I came in and just started blasting can't do that all right guys all right all right that is my rant we're at 35 baby perfect all right remember guys quick uh, plug, uh, what's the words? Shameless plug. <laughs> I still have some, uh, we still have some APE, Ape logo t-shirts. We got gray smalls, gray mediums. We got a few black mediums, a black small, and a black large, guys. We still got plenty left. Hit me up. I just want to say thank you so much for all the support. I love you guys. You guys are my inspiration. I'm trying to teach the masses and teach my fellow Americans and my fellow ape soldiers worldwide, not just America, baby. We're all over the world. There's people all over the world that love firearms, love self-defense, and love protecting their families, and those are the people I'm talking to. Love y'all. I'm proud to be a part of this company. Thank you so much for your time. Ape. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Another fire beat from Organic Dope. This is going to lead you out. Thank you so much for listening. I hope I didn't bore you guys too much. The next podcast is going to be about the concept of self-defense, okay? Where it comes from. How can we look at the penal code of our state and, and, and make sure we're safe? Make sure we do the right thing to protect our family, our friends, and our property. God bless you. I love you. Stay safe, baby. Ape. Let the beat right out a little bit. APE Academy Podcast twice a week on Podbean. 
on Podbean. Check us out. We're going to be on Apple, iTunes soon, and Spotify. Wherever podcasts are played, God bless you. Have a good night, guys.